When I was born again in 1975, God gave me his spirit, which was so different from the way I had been going. Because when we're born on this earth, we have only the flesh of man to lead us. We have the desires of the flesh to lead us. But when we're born again, we are given the Spirit of God, so now we have another way to go, completely different from the way we once went. I was, of course, very dramatically changed at the time I was born again, in 1975. I was approximately 37 years old at that time. From 37 years old to my current age of 83, There have been many changes as I have chosen to go in the ways of the Spirit of God doing that which the Spirit of God calls to my mind. For we come across a situation and the flesh gives us ideas. The devil gives us ideas. The Spirit of God gives us ideas. We have to choose between our own flesh, the devil, and the Spirit of God and go in his way. And as we walk in the Spirit, we do not fulfill the works of the flesh because the Spirit is exactly opposite to the way of the flesh. The flesh wants us to hate. The Spirit gives us another way to go, opposite from hate. The flesh would lead you into adultery. It would lead you into fornication. But the Spirit will lead you the opposite way. For the Spirit is life. Fornication is a sin that's different from all other sins. The Apostle Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians 6. He warns the people in 1 Corinthians 6, especially warning the men, because he tells them fornication is a sin different from all other sins. For if you commit fornication, you sin against your own body. So Paul says flee fornication. At the time of sexual intercourse, the two people become one flesh. Even if you have sex with a prostitute, Paul says, even if you have sex with an harlot, you become one flesh. He tells us that in 1 Corinthians 6. So you're destroying yourself. Fragmenting yourself. So don't go in the way of this world. Go in the way of God. Choose the way of God. The Holy Spirit will never lead you in the way of the flesh. Because the works of the flesh destroy us. The Spirit of God leads us in the way of God, which is a way of life for us. 1 Corinthians 6, start at verse 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith God, shall be one flesh. 
flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Paul tells us in Galatians 5, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, so that you cannot do the things you want to do. For the flesh fights you to lead you in its own way. It's had its way since you were born on the earth. Now there's another spirit in you which would lead you another way. And the flesh will really object to the Spirit of God. The flesh is trying to get you to go according to the desires of the flesh. But the Spirit is showing you an opposite way. So we choose to go in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Because we know the way of the flesh is death. And we know the way of the Spirit is life. So we choose to go in the way of the Spirit when we are tempted by the flesh. You could be tempted by the flesh to tell someone off. They might even deserve to be told off. I would remind us that we who are chosen by God for eternal life did not deserve eternal life. How can we control our flesh? We control it by the Spirit. We can keep the flesh crucified by the Spirit of God, by choosing the way of God as shown us by the Spirit of God. Look at this promise in 1 Corinthians 10.13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. So, if you're tempted to tell someone off, you can cry out to God, help me not to do this. I've often done that. I've often cried out to God in the midst of that type of temptation. And then later I would realize I didn't tell that person off as I wanted to do. I went another way. God honored my prayer. He didn't let me go. After I prayed, he didn't let me tell the person off. It's just a tremendous gift of God to have this help of God. So just call out to him and ask him to help you. He will. Talk it over with God. If you are concerned because somebody is going to visit you, if you're concerned about this situation, talk it over with God. Ask him to keep that from happening unless it's his will. And then ask him to guide you in everything you do and say, but he may put a stop to it. That's why he's God and you're not because he rules 
He helps us. He doesn't allow those things to come that injure us. He helps us when we are his children. In the midst of a temptation, there is always a way to escape. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. In the midst of the temptation, ask God for wisdom. Ask God to show you the way to escape. And then take that direction. Take that way. Sometimes along the way, we go through a problem of life. And sometimes we'll go through it for many months and sometimes even a year or more. And then all of a sudden, God breaks it up and we're free. And we don't even recognize sometimes how much he's changed us during the situation of the problem. All things work together for good to them who love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose, Romans 8.28. So even if you're in a situation for a while and you're begging God to get you free, he may use that situation to really help you. I have a situation like that in my life. I moved from Texas to Colorado. I put my house in Texas up for sale. It did not sell. I changed realtors three times, I think it was. It still didn't sell. I called on God many times, asking him to bring the right buyers there for the house. I waited a year and a half before that house sold. One day recently, I saw something on television. Some famous person was being discussed, and they showed this person's house. And I found myself thinking, oh, I'm so glad I don't have a house like that. Now, why would I say that? Most people want the house. That's a big house and in a, overlooking the ocean or something. Now, why would I say that? Well, I'd had a house for a year and a half that I'd tried to sell. It didn't sell. And I was burdened every time I thought of that house during that year and a half. Every time I was burdened, I was crying out to God, Help me, this house is a burden. I knew what it was to have a house that was eating up my money needlessly putting pressure on me, putting pressure of maintenance of a property that I didn't live in any longer. And then when the house sold, I was so joyful and thankful to God because I knew he enabled it to sell. And every time I thought of it, I was so joyful. I almost couldn't believe it. I went for several months after the house sold, and the money was in the bank from the sale of the house. I went from several months still thinking, I can't believe I don't have that responsibility anymore. It made such an impression on me. And then when I began thinking about why would I react not wanting that rich man's property, that big house, when I thought about it, I thought about 
how happy I was to be free from the property I had in Texas. I wouldn't be surprised, but what the period of time when it didn't sell had a tremendous influence on my life that is now taking place and the future. Many times since I have been in Colorado Springs, where I live now, we have driven down to the south part of town and been in the area where the Broadmoor Hotel is, a famous hotel built somewhere around, I think, the 1920s. Very luxurious. They built very big houses in that area of the city. And I've had this feeling before. When I have driven past these houses, oh, I'm glad I don't have that house. Exactly opposite to the way of the flesh. Along the way, I began to be desirous of having just one room with my things all around me. And I was reminded so much of the prophet Elisha. 2 Kings chapter 4. Start at verse 8. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shuim, where was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread at her house. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make him a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick. And it shall be, when he cometh to us, that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber, and lay there. This was a great woman. She was a godly woman. She wanted this holy man of God around her. This story really began to be a desire in my heart. Instead of all this property that I did have, I wanted just one room with my things around me. And that's exactly what it ended up being. I was put into the home of a very godly woman who follows the Spirit of God and cries out to God in problems and follows what he shows her to do. I don't think I've ever lived with anyone like this. The latter end of my life is much better than all the previous years, and I'm 83 at the moment. It's all because of God. He put in my heart his desire for me. He worked circumstances so that I was going to agree with him and move into the blessings of God. And that's the way he works. The first big change in our life comes when we're born again. For we were born of our natural parents by the will of man. And we have the flesh to guide us and get us to do what it wants us to do. But then the Spirit of God comes when God causes us to be born again. And he leads us in a totally different way to the way of the flesh. He doesn't make us do anything. 
but he gives us the optional path. Where we once walked in the flesh, doing the things of the flesh, now we have things brought to our mind which are of the Spirit of God, and we can choose between going in the way of the flesh or going in the way of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, lust. Let's talk about adultery and fornication for a minute. It seems so enticing, but it's a way of death, and you're going to harm everyone in your path. If you are born of the Spirit of God, He is going to bring you an alternate plan, flee fornication, an alternate way to deal with the situation. For He's going to take you into the way of life, the blessings of God. You will be a blessing to the other people and not a curse. For if you go in the way of adultery and fornication, you're going to hurt everyone. It's a tragedy. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Witchcraft is going in the ways of superstitions. Do you still live by superstitions as you once did? I know I don't. We make a choice in which way we're going to go. Hatred. Variance, which is always arguing with people. Variance is means to vary. Emulations, which is always trying to outdo other people. Now we want to help other people. Before we wanted to outdo them. Now we want to help them when we're following the Spirit of God. Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, says Paul, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Not only do you curse yourself on this earth, but you won't even inherit the kingdom of God. But when you walk in the Spirit of God, following the ideas He brings you, the fruits of the Spirit appear in your life. It's not that you try to do the fruits of the Spirit. You're just simply trying to walk according to what you have been shown by the Holy Spirit. But the fruits of the Spirit will be a byproduct of your choosing to walk according to what you have been shown by the Spirit of God in this specific situation of this present life. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. See, you fulfill the law by walking in the Spirit of God. 
when you walk according to the instructions brought to your mind by the Spirit of God, the fruits that come from that are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It's not that you try to love. It's just a situation where you love because you're following the Spirit. Some people try to love, and they have an outward manifestation of loving, but inwardly there's something else going on. We're changed from within because now the Spirit of God lives in us. It's not that we're trying to be godly. We are godly because the Spirit of God lives in us now. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. We crucify the flesh continually by choosing to go in the way of the Spirit. Paul says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, following the Spirit, following the ideas he brings to us. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another, but let's walk in the Spirit which fulfills the will of God. Now, the flesh will try to rise up as long as we live on this earth. What do you see if you look at your hand? Don't you see flesh? Aren't we living inside a body of flesh? We're never free from it until we die. Or we could be taken off the earth by God and changed into new spiritual bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. But as long as we live in this fleshly body, the flesh will try to rise up to take us in the way of the flesh. But we have the Spirit of God in us, so we go in the way of the Spirit, or we just cry out to God, Help me. Please don't let me do that. Please don't let me say that. Trusting in God to overcome our flesh. I've always found he did it. He overcomes my flesh when I just ask him to help me. Romans chapter 8 tells of the battle between the flesh and the spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. It's choosing to go in the way of God, in the specific issues of this life, walking after the things shown us by the Spirit of God. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So every time we choose to go in the way of God, the works of the Spirit of God are manifest in us, and we fulfill the law by going in the way of the Spirit.
rather than going in the way of the flesh. Verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwells in you, because you follow the spirit. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He can go to church. He can say he's a Christian. He can say he's a member of a church. He can sign up for all kinds of good works. But unless he has the Spirit of God in him, he is none of God's. Romans 8 verse 9. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. He will bring to your mind the way to go. So you can walk in the Spirit instead of obeying your own flesh. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. If ye through the Spirit, if you just follow the Spirit doing what he tells you, putting the flesh to death by doing the instructions brought to your mind by the Spirit of God. It puts the flesh to death when you choose to do that. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And I have found every time I choose to go in the way shown me by the Spirit of God, every time I choose to go in the way of a scripture or a concept of God. I have seen that going in that way causes me to be conformed to the image of Christ the Word. And throughout your life, you have many opportunities to choose which way you're going to go. Thank you for letting me speak this to you today.